Hey, everybody, and welcome to today's news tonight, the weeknight news show where we're joined by special guests, our lovely patrons, and our awesome YouTube audience to discuss the day's gaming news. I'm your host, Ash Paulson, and I'm joined today, as always, by my great friend and GBG co-founder, Steve Bowling, along with our very special returning guest, John Phipps of the Super Deluxe Games cast. No Derek today, he's on another family trip, but he will be back next week, so don't worry, he's all good. Uh, But in the meantime, John, thanks for joining us again, man. How's it going? Dude, good. Like, I'm so glad you asked me to be on. Um, I uh, Like you said, this is my second time on, and... Uh, I'm actually an avid listener of the show uh, and cool. have been have have been since the beginning. Uh, so, yeah, no, dude, this is just a great honor, man. Plus, like, you know, you guys, you guys, you guys are just cool. So I, I like I like hanging out. <laughs> I like hanging out with you. What can I say? Oh, well, well thanks we're, for... we're lucky you think we're cool. Well, I don't know if we, we, we we're, we're pretty we're pretty nerdy over. Here, <laughs> well, I'm I, I'm here. So you got cool. you, you guys are cool by association now. Oh, there awesome. we go. That works. There you go. Awesome. It. Uh, well, we do have uh, a, a particular conversation to have about something that crushed all our souls at E3 a couple of weeks ago. But before that, we do have a sponsor for today's episode, and that is the spectacular Straight Lace. Uh, Straight Lace has a game called The Saw Device on Steam. It's a puzzle platformer where the player can create temporary platforms by shooting projectiles onto walls at the cost of HP to navigate the environment. The game's third anniversary is today, July 9th. Happy birthday, Saw Device and Straight Lace. And to celebrate... Uh, the developer is releasing an update with new puzzles and a challenge pack. After just a little more testing, eight new challenge puzzles will be added to the game, along with a number of other minor improvements. Straight Lace is also planning to add more puzzles, or add, planning to add more puzzles, but unfortunately ran out of time to design them by today. However, several more are currently in the works and will be added to the game as soon as they're finished. Additionally, after the challenge update, Straight Lace plans to work on a soulless difficulty where the map will be redesigned to be more challenging and the player won't have access to the soul device, only the other unlockable abilities. Uh, so as I said, the soul device is available now on Steam for free, and I'm going to uh, put a link to that in the chat in one second. But uh, as always, Straight Lace, thank you so much yeah. for your incredible support of the channel. You've been here Pretty much since the beginning, sponsoring TNT, being a great friend and supporter of, of GVG and TNT. So thank you so much for your incredible support. Absolutely. Couldn't say it better myself. Yes. And I am posting. Uh, you, you can already find the link to the Soul Device and Straight Laces YouTube channel in the description below. But I am posting it in the chat right now. So go, go check it out, everybody. And uh, all right. Well, it's Friday. It's episode 107. We're closing out the week with uh, some fun news stories. But before that, we got we to go a little dark. We got we to talk about a particularly soul-crushing <laughs> announcement at E3 that, that uh, John, I know that you were every bit as just blindsided and why would they do this as we were. And I am, of course, talking not only about Square Enix's absolutely horrible presentation but mainly the whole Pixel Remaster series, uh, the Final Fantasy 1 through 6, being announced, hell yeah, but for only Steam and Mobile. Boo. I, I, so, I don't know if, I don't know, like, this may not be obvious to everybody who's watching, but if you look behind me, I don't know if it's clear or not that I'm a Final Fantasy guy. I mean, <laughs> you know, I've, yeah, and, and, and so, this has been something... Steve and I have had this conversation in the past, actually. Uh, this is something that I have been wanting for literal years. Like, literal <laughs> years. Insane, and I, yeah. I sat there and watched. Like, no disrespect if you like the Saga games. They're not very well known. They're incredibly niche. And so, you know, the Saga games are getting all this fanfare, all this red carpet treatment. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, final, like, the old school Final Fantasy games have to be next, right? Like, like we're, like, 
this has to happen. It just it makes too much sense. And then somebody told me, "Hey, John, you're gonna have a really good E3." And uh, and and they're they like because they're announcing these these Square Enix uh, uh, Final Fantasy one through six uh, remasters. And I was like, "Oh shit!" Like I I was so stoked. And so it was worse for me because I knew they were gonna be there. And so I'm sitting there like getting ready for it and you can see we were live streaming it on SDGC and you could somebody screen capped the moment it said steam and mobile and and like you could literally see my essence leave my body like like yeah. i i that reveal had been what 10 seconds long yeah after like yeah. 15, 5 minutes 20, of guardians of the galaxy i i i i don't know and like you know we've we've learned more since then. Right. Like, like right. we've seen some of the visuals, you know, we've seen that, that font. Oh my God. Mm. Um, I, 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 you know, don't get me like, I think the visuals look fine. I think they look good. Like, me like, too. like visually it looks good. Like I, I, but I don't know why square continues to shoot themselves in both feet like this. Like it, it's, they did the same thing with, Final Fantasy VI on PC and mobile, uh, five on PC and mobile. Um, don't get me started on the after years. Uh, they <laughs> like they released Chrono Trigger on Steam and just in a, an abominable condition. They yeah, had to go back and patch it five times, right? They had to patch it five times in order to yeah. fix it. And and it's like you know, it may sound petty, but I mean these games are a huge part of my childhood. Like like I mean the the the, the Final Same. Fantasy series is what got me into gaming mm. and and to see the games that literally turn square to what it is today just getting treated like this like literal afterthoughts is just and it's even wilder to me because you can tell that effort is going into these remasters like there, there's right. real oh, yeah. effort going absolutely into these. Totally. like like look at final fantasy 3 it's the first time that a that that this game is presented in the west in 2d oh yeah like i mean and 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 you went the extra mile for these visuals. Just at the very least, fix that font, guys. Yeah. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, yeah our, our good bad. friend and uh, font expert in the YouTube side of chat, Brandon Bovia. Uh, and and real quick qualification for those of you that don't know, the dude literally letters manga for a living, so he lives in fonts. And uh, he says that they used Arial Narrow for this, which is yeah, ugh. <laughs> I, so, mean, I mean, like it's a fine yeah. font, but it's so plain. It, for, it really you know, feels a, a like presentation. Uh, the font they chose was like uh, I, I've programmed other apps before. It feels like when you program it in and you accidentally like fat finger the font name, and so the system mm -hmm. just substitutes some other shit out for what you intended <laughs> to be there. It, it really looks like that, and you and we all know that's not what they did. <laughs> they they wouldn't be like, oh, there's an obvious visual bug. Publish those shots. Um, this is just what they chose so far, and I'm hoping, I'm hoping, I was telling John before we went live that this changes. I mean, it is a real easy thing to change. Like, of, of all the yeah. things you could modify about a game that is in development, changing the font used throughout is one of the easier things to modify. Just it's, use the GBA font. I mean, like, right? it's, it, it's yeah. right there, and... Uh, like you know, I was saying this earlier, but what's what's even crazier to me is if you look at the f footage of Final Fantasy II, um, they've got attack numbers and like you know nine hits up there, and it's using a classic pixelated font. So I I, I don't understand like and yeah. and people you know you know I've had people tell me, well, John, it's just a font, get over it. But it's like these games are these games are are text based. 
Like you're reading the entire game, oh, yeah. whether it's conversations between characters or going to the menu. You have to look at this the entire game. And yeah. not only is it horrifically ugly, but it is so small. Like imagine trying to read this on a phone. Like I, 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 I just I can't fathom it. Like I don't know what's like. This is yeah. one of those times where I can sit here and go, "Oh, Square Enix being Square," but the, I, I literally cannot. I can't get behind. I can't. I can't imagine what they're thinking. Like, like <laughs> no, yeah. I, you sound so you much like what I've been saying. Like it, 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 you know, a lot of the time I'll be like, "Well, you know what? I'm not the guy paid to make all the business decisions. Maybe they have access to sales data and metrics that I don't. So, you know, I mean, I'll try to give them the benefit of the doubt. But in this case." I genuinely cannot even begin to fathom what a lot when and why and how the decision was made not to bring this to consoles or at least just the switch. It's and it's not as though they always do this. Like Collection of Mana is a great example. They gave fans exactly what they wanted with Collection of exactly. Mana. Exactly. Yeah. So and, what happened here? <laughs> and like they even like trial trials of uh, trials of mana is not only a fantastic game. Yeah. But but they they went the extra like they rewrote all the dialogue in that game in a new, easily readable font that was right. pleasing to the eye. Um, and I, you know, that was a high quality port. Um, the romancing games, like the saga games, uh, like mm -hmm. they, they remade those. Like, I mean, they kept that nice pixelated look, but I mean, there, there, there's animated enemies. Um, there's there. I, and so, so for this to happen, I, I, I just like, and what's it's so like Legend of Mana, right? A, a, like a good game, not the most popular game in the world. I, I think I, I don't think anybody would sit here and say that it's it's Square Enix's you know magnum opus or anything. Sure, but but it got a wonderful remaster, right? Just a beautiful remaster, and then Square Enix just like farts out this twenty second. <laughs> like I just and what's weirder is like, did you guys see that thirty minute? video that they uh that's an it was an interview with uh uh, uh Yuamatsu and Sagaguchi that was on YouTube and it had a bunch of footage from the new games it was all in right. Japanese and then they nuked yep. it they nuked it yeah yeah and, and 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 like that's when I that's when we got our first really good look at a, at a lot of the game plan I was like this looks really good which makes all the decisions behind the marketing and the release platforms and the font all the more baffling yeah it, it really does I but mean, I there's just so much, uh, like, one thing I, I despise is when a game is really inconsistent with its fonts. Like, there are pixel fonts in the UI in certain places, like uh, Brandon yes. was pointing out in the chat. They they use a good-looking font in other places within the same game. And I'm yeah. like, just put that one everywhere. That'd be fine. Like, just, the other thing yeah, for me is that, that the font that they're using uh, just doesn't fit with the visual style of the game whatsoever. Like Right, it's a, no, it's a, it like, it's, it's like... Well, and, and it goes against their marketing, right? It's they're like we want to present, we want to show you these games as you know we're going to take the visuals of old and remaster them, but you know we we want to give you that pixel look, and then you give us an aerial narrow font, like it completely right. clashes with the design of of the game, and and like I gotta ask you guys, both of you, do you think they're going to change this? Because I, no. the no, you don't think so? Mm -hmm. I. Given given Score Enix's history with mobile and Steam ports, um, you know I think Chrono Trigger had this same issue before it was patched one of the five times, if I remember correctly. I just I just don't see them with it coming out at what July twenty eighth. I think the first three games Something are coming like that. out yeah, or the around first three. that. I feel like we're maybe a bit too far into the end game for them to want to bother making that change. Perhaps think... in a post release patch, 
I yeah, just don't see it happening. I was, was going to say, with, with a release date just, just over two weeks away, um, I would say, well, just under three weeks, actually. But either way, I would say that um, probably won't make release, but I, I would... I wouldn't write off a post post launch patch for this because I would bet here's here's my pet theory on this uh, is that very few, if any, people in the West had seen this before Square revealed it at E three, and so you have a bunch of people who aren't native English speakers, you know, looking over localized dialogue and going, "Looks fine. It's spelled right, grammatically yeah. correct," you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're not thinking about the readability of it. They're just like, "Yep, those are English letters, and that works." And you know, I. I I hope, I, I sincerely hope that someone in Square Enix's U.S.-based marketing division was like, people that read and write English all day hate this. Like, you need to change this. Please just right. change the font to well, something else. <laughs> I mean, they changed Chrono Trigger uh, on PC. Uh, you know, like, I mean, like we said earlier, they, they patched it five times, and that was based on feedback, right? Like, that was based on, on people, you know, responding to Square Enix and saying, like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, this is terrible. Yeah. Uh, and and I feel like the the reaction to this is a lot more visceral than it was for the five and six mobile ports uh, a, a few years ago. And I, I think part of that is just because people are like, guys, why like why can't you just get this right? <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. you you keep bungling these. We just like, dude, just give me the original games at this point. Like, that's that that that's right. fine. Like, that's good yeah. enough. So and we're still waiting for a Chrono Trigger Switch port. It's it boggles oh, that's, the mind that yeah. that hasn't. You know, even if it was a a twenty five dollar port of of the Steam version, it'll sell. You know what? It's Chrono Trigger. I'm yep. buying it. Whatever. It'll sell. Know. But it'll sell. we don't even have yeah. that, and I just no. don't. I'm, I don't I, understand. I hate it. You know, I talked about how I'm a mark for Nintendo. I'm absolutely a mark for Chrono Trigger as well. They could release it yes. in any fucking Same. state, and I'd be like, all right, here, have <laughs> some more money. It's fine. Yeah. My <laughs> my my thirteen my thirteen year old is actually playing through it for the first time, uh, and uh, he's playing it. Uh, he's playing it from the cart on a Super NT. Uh, so, nice. it, so, awesome. so, yeah. So at least you know, I'm raising him right. <laughs> Hell yeah, you are, man. I'm hearing that, you are definitely that is that is right. the right awesome. age to play a game like Chrono Trigger too. Yes, it I was, is. He I was loves it too. When I played it, he, ju- he just made Same. it to uh, he just made it to antiquity. So he's he's really oh my favorite it. part of the game. Yeah. Oh god, oh. I I my favorite part of my favorite game of all time. It doesn't get much better than that. Um, we could talk about Squares screwing this whole thing up and of course the amazingness of chrono trigger forever i'm pretty sure literally forever we could but we do have (laughs) quite a bit of news to get through today um but before that we have a few super chats so first is two dollars from jaden buck saying smush vibes gaming yeah thank you for for uh rolling with us through that little technical mishap at the beginning there jaden thank you very much i'm not gonna lie i thought that said smashed vibes gaming and i was like i don't have a drink (laughs) i know i have water next to me but i yeah that's not gonna get me smashed so uh, next is two dollars uh, from Rubberman two hundred two saying happy fortieth birthday to Donkey Kong and yeah I did uh, indeed just look this up while we were talking and it yep. is actually Donkey Kong's fortieth anniversary and Nintendo has done shit all for it oh, or well, said anything. I do want to point out our good friend John Cartwright uh, did post re- a reminder to folks that Nintendo did release like one of the only uh, commercially available arcade perfect ports of Donkey Kong onto the switch a couple years back so if you want to celebrate you do have the game available and sure. apparently it's like a perfect conversion which is a rarity is I, I suppose a uh, rare itty i see what you did there uh, <laughs> um, but yeah you know 
Uh, happy 40th anniversary, DK. I would say, you know, I'm just... expand Dong or Dong expanding, but there's not really anything <laughs> going on today for your anniversary, man. I'm really sorry to hear that. <laughs> I'm just glad right. DK is older than me. Like, I right? see his anniversary, but like Mario's 35 and I'm uh, 39. Yeah. We're, uh, we're the same. Me, me, and, me and DK are the same age. Yeah, hey, that's, that's not really bad. Impressive. You were born in a good year then. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, next up, we have $5 from Santi the Person saying, Nintendo's got a monkey's paw, but Square has the biggest one of them all. Here's a great game, bad PC port. Here's a remaster. It's ugly as sin. <laughs> LMAO. Yeah, I don't I don't know what Square's doing over there, man. I None of us do. And nope. hopefully the fan outcry means that we will eventually see these pixel remasters come to consoles. I think that's what everyone wants. So let's hope that's what happens. Uh, we also have $2.40 from Nathan, the future voice actor, saying Kitty Kong turns 25 this year. <laughs> P.S. He is a good boy. Uh, Kitty Kong, I, I think the verdict is out on that. I'm not sure. I, I, I have Kitty questions. Kong. If he's 25, why is he still wearing a onesie with a butt flap on it? I exactly. Mean... <laughs> hey, what's yeah. wrong with that? I do it all I, I do it all the time, man. <laughs> like, don't judge. <laughs> don't judge. Yeah, I mean, hey, we don't judge here on uh, at GVG or TNT. So. I'm wearing one right now. Like, you just don't oh. see it because I'm sitting down. I oh, mean, wow. Even better. That's, uh, well, that, that's a bold move. <laughs> it's fine. Like, it's fine. I'm secure. Like I'm secure material. It. Absolutely. For, uh, yeah, showing us. Oh, man. Well, thank oh. you, everyone, for your donations. And as a reminder, uh, we will read, uh, or I will read out any future Super Chats between news stories because this is a news show at the end of the day, and we have some news to discuss. So... With that said, let's go ahead and move on to our first set of stories. This is kind of our potpourri, scattershot approach of smaller news stories just to cover really quickly. So let's get those up on screen. And first off, a game that I'm super hype about, and I think you are too, John, is Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania. Yep. And uh, they're adding some accessibility features to the game, we have found out. Uh, there's going to be an assist mode that uh, gives the player more time to complete the stage. Uh, you can also slow down the action uh, with a slow motion feature for more difficult stages. And uh, you can also reveal the route to the goal for more co complex stages. And, you know, for anyone who's played Monkey Ball, they can be pretty difficult games. Yep. They, they start off pretty simple, oh, yeah. but they they ratchet up in difficulty harshly. And by the end of the game, these games get really hard. So making these games more accessible to uh, you know, a more casual audience, I think, is always a great thing. Accessibility is always awesome. And I think these features in particular... Uh, really fit and suit Super Monkey, Super Monkey Ball style of gameplay. Uh, but John, I know you had a few things to say about this right before we uh, went live. Yeah, um, you know, I, I'm a, I'm a huge, I'm like you, I'm a huge fan of Super Monkey Ball, and I couldn't be happier nice. that we're getting, I couldn't be happier that we're getting these remasters. Like I am, Same. I am so excited about this. But also, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I, I agree. Like I, I think accessibility in games is. Not only incredibly important, but right now there's a lot of focus on it. Uh, thanks in part to people like Steve Spawn and organizations like Able Gamers, kind of kind of shining a spotlight on it. And it's not something that I ever would have. I mean, I'm a I'm a fully I'm an able-bodied individual. Um, but until recently, I didn't know very many disabled gamers. Um, and I became friends with guys like Steve Spawn, and then I you know I realized that you know this isn't just about you know, like easy modes, um, you know, right. like accessibility in this industry is a real problem. Uh, and, and I am so happy to see more and more devs embrace the, you know, the mantra of everybody should be able to play. Um, right. I, you know, this is going like even something as small as this is going to help a lot of people. And it, that's not, that's not anything that anybody should be upset about. You know, it's like the old, it's, it's, it's goes back to the old argument of, you know, dark soul shouldn't have an easy mode. 
Um, mm-hmm. Well, why not? Like, I mean, it's not hurting yeah. you. So just just don't use it. And, you know, exactly. it, I, I think this is a good thing. And I, I hope to see more of it throughout the industry going forward. It's oh, very I'm, encouraging. Absolutely. Like, I've never understood people that don't want more options. Like, what does having more options do to you that upsets you so much? Uh, it's the whole gatekeeping mentality. And it's bullshit is what it yep. is. You know, like, pl- you should experience X game the way it was meant to be experienced or the way I think you should experience it. No, play games in whatever ways make you happiest. Yeah, and give it's, you, I, I mean, the most it, make you have the most fun. It's like you're you're spending sixty bucks to enjoy something, you know, right. not not to yeah. not to play it the way other people tell you it needs to be played. I don't give a shit what you do with your game once you get it home, as long as that thing you're doing with <laughs> yeah. your game doesn't harm someone else. It's all exactly. good. Play it. You know, I'm, you a, like. yeah. I'm a big whiskey drinker. And, you know, a little while back, I poured a really nice glass of, you know, 100 proof whiskey and I, I cut it with a little with a little water. And somebody, you know, a friend of mine said, hey, wh- what what are you doing? And I was like, cut my whiskey. Why? And he said, well, that's not how the distiller intended you to drink it. And I said, OK, but this is how it tastes good to me <laughs> with a little bit of water. So yeah. and, 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 and so, like, I don't I don't give a shit what the how did the, how the distiller told me like who are you to tell me how to how to invite my drink like i'm gonna drink it the way i want to drink it and I, I i think that same mentality applies here well like nobody made me cut my whiskey with water um and it's not gonna hurt your wit like i'm not putting whiskey water in your whiskey so so you know like let me enjoy it the way i enjoy it and you go enjoy it the way you enjoy it if this helps people enjoy a thing it's not bad exactly but you're hurting all the gatekeepers out there john what about what okay. about the gatekeepers? yeah what, what about, about the gatekeepers them? man the capital yeah. g gatekeepers will somebody not think of them yeah. No, it, it's funny how, how remarkably similar that is to a story of mine where I was out with a colleague uh, having a few drinks and I ordered, I had like a couple of beers and I ordered a like a sugary cocktail, like a sweet fruity drink because I like them. I like margaritas. I like, you know, uh, Long Islands. And he was like, you know, no, you need to order, you know, you need to order a scotch. Let me order for you. And I'm like, but I don't like scotch. I don't really like whiskey or or, or sipping. He's like, no hard alcohol is meant to be sipped i mean you know and and as a man you need to know how to do that and how to order the right drink. oh and give I'm me like, a fucking break fuck <laughs> off with that right i'm like you know what this man right here is going to order another strawberry margarita and enjoy the hell out of it and you can enjoy yeah. your scotch Go. and we'll be fine <laughs> and <laughs> can i just get stuff like can that. i i'm looking at the live chat real quick can i just give a shout out uh to the entire good vibes gaming community you guys have one of the most wholesome communities don't I have ever come across. You really do. Like everybody is on board with this and everybody thinks this is a good thing. You guys, all of you guys in the chat right now, you fucking rule. You are all awesome. Good on you. Like this is great to see. I could not agree more. I, I think I say at least once per episode that how how oh, yeah. incredibly proud I am of the community that we have all built together, not just us at the top down. Like we've all built this community up together. Ah, and, that is so uh, refreshing. Just, I love it really is like I I was scared when we started our own channel about uh, what would happen in the YouTube chat when we when we just opened everything up to everyone. And I'm so happy to say that, you know, we probably have some of the most underworked mods of like any YouTube channel. (laughs) And that is that is fantastic. But, you know, as someone who has gotten completely shit faced with both of you. (laughs) <laughs> like, Absolutely, I, yes. I mean, who cares? We're all going to the same place. Who cares how you're getting there? <laughs> like Exactly. I've nev- I mean, I've 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 drank with you. You know me, Ash. I, I drink both whiskey and, and I'll drink like fruity, sugary drinks. You know, I don't I don't right. really care. <laughs> it's more about the people I'm I'm doing that with. I, I drank uh I, I drank bourbon out of uh 
out of uh, backpack at Pax West. So, uh, you know. In the, uh, in, in the post show, Steve, we'll have to talk about the time. Uh, was it Pax East where we marched, what, two miles through five, like 10, 10 degree below weather uh, to, to go get pizza? Um, uh, yes. Amazing. Yeah, that was, yeah. We'll have to, yeah. We, yeah. I have definitely gotten, had a little too much to drink yeah. with Steve in the past. <laughs> Um, we've, we've been there it's, and that's yes we have a big part of the reason i miss packs not not the being yeah. shit-faced all the time but the socializing and hanging out with that friends too. and doing all that yeah yeah and being shit-faced all the time yes um <laughs> yeah uh but no I, you know with all this going back to gatekeeping i always come back to uh the late and great uh satoru Iwata's quote the games are meant to be fun for everybody and they are that's the whole yep. point they're not meant to be fun for a specific group of people they're meant to be fun for everybody more options is always better. Dark Souls or whatever you're talking about. And good on Sega and Super Monkey Ball for, uh, you know, adding various options to make these very difficult games easier for folks who might just want a more casual experience. And I Absolutely. also agree with uh, you, the Narukami Hedgehog, in our live audience chat when they say gatekeepers deserve to play games like Bubsy 3D, Superman 64, and Ride to Hell Retribution for the rest of their lives. I nice. can't argue with that. Um, next up. This is a bit uh, kind of a little egg on Sony's face, but Sony had to pull an ad uh, earlier, I think earlier today, this morning, uh, that featured an upside down PS5. It was a horizontal PS5 in the ad that was set up upside down. And the thing is, I can't, it's, it's a stupid mistake, but I also can't blame whomever made it because uh, the, the PS5 almost looks a little better flipped upside down I horizontally mean, it, it doesn't look it doesn't look worse i would say i'm not saying well, it looks like way better what if we've all been wrong this whole time i know it was supposed right? to be upside down yeah nice. yeah I, like i'm looking at the picture of it it actually looks kind of natural it, it i mean really the problem does. is it looks natural both ways but i will admit when i got mine you know i i was fortunate enough to get a review unit and there were no instructions on how to set it up. And I was trying to figure out, like, which way would it work? Because it's fucking huge. And yeah. ultimately, I was like, well, I'm going to have to take pictures of it. So I'll put it the way they put it in the marketing shots, right? Um, but when I first set it on its side, I did exactly that. Like, 100%. Even with the stand on it, I was like, oh, well, I mean, disc disc slot goes towards the top. Like, it just feels like that's a logical way to place it. Right. And it sits flat that way. <laughs> so Exactly. It is it is a very uh, weirdly designed console. the The thing that I find interesting about this specific story, though, is you know, I Ash, you and I, and, and I'm sure at some points you too, John. We've all interviewed people from studios and and talked to people about stuff they're making, and there is always a representative there between you yep. and the person you're talking to to make sure that the company's best interests are both represented and reported on fair like because you know i've definitely been in interviews with people for i'll just call them out specifically nintendo in the past and i've like tried to kind of veer off the beaten path to get an interesting quote and you know the pr person will be like yeah no we're not here to talk about that today you're not doing that to us and i <laughs> and i get it yeah that's no one thousand percent their fucking job and i guarantee you on the set of this ad there was at least one Sony person who was there to make sure that all the Sony products on set were displayed in approved fashion. So it is wild to me that not only did it get yeah. placed, like this isn't a shot from the set. This is the whole ass video. And so right. someone was like, yep, that PS5 looks fine. Let's go. Well, and there's <laughs> so like Sony is usually very meticulous about this kind of thing. We had, um, 
we had somebody from Naughty Dog on a while back, and we, I mean, we literally, I mean, we got a we got a talk to before we went live about what we could and could not speak about. Um, we had to submit a list, a list of questions. Um, we, you know, there was a rep who was not part of the interview, but was kind of just out, right outside of the frame to to jump in and, you know, if she needed to, and 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 it was all very tightly controlled, which is to be expected. So, for something like this to slip through the cracks was really really strange to me. I was not expecting that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, same. And uh, to answer your question, we in the YouTube chat said, so they removed the ad. Why? It being upside down isn't an excuse. But when you're Sony reps and you're, you know, you have very specific and strict guidelines on how PlayStation products can be shown, it is a big deal. Because let's just say, and I'm not saying this is the case, but let's just say if you play with your PS5 horizontally upside down for long enough, it could cause some internal damage, right? If they don't fix that, if they don't pull the ad and fix it, then especially if you live in the U.S. in our lawsuit-obsessed country, people can say, well, but I watched that official PS5 commercial and it was upside down, so how was I supposed to know? Yep. And then Sony's yep. got a big-ass problem on their hands. And so they, as silly as it is, they actually do have to, to pull it just to protect their own asses. Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, you know, it's just something that... And you're right, you know, uh, corporations are very obsessed with how their products are shown. And, and it, you know... I assume that keeping a disk drive up to, upside down for years on end will eventually contribute to the degradation of its quality. Um, yeah, I could I could definitely see somebody suing like, oh, I thought it would work. I mean, to be fair, I wonder, and I've thought this a lot, I've never tempted fate with it, but can a PS5 even operate in a space that is that enclosed for like months? You know, like, I wouldn't risk it. Yeah, this thing is warm on the top, yeah. like usually. Yeah, the like, warm I... air is coming out of this thing constantly, so I'm like, I feel like it'd cook itself in a small little cubby like that, but that, I guess that's a whole other. <laughs> that's a, that's another what, ball of wax. I'll tell you what, though, Steve. Had you started the had you started the show with your PS5 in the background upside down, just not even saying anything about it, just doing it, it would have been such a power move. Like I feel like that's a missed <laughs> opportunity. Like it really just waiting been. for somebody, just waiting for somebody to notice it. Yeah, yeah, that is that is one of these days. <laughs> now, now I have to delay that by like a month or two and just randomly. I know. Do it and see Sorry if about notices. that. Right. Um, all right. Well, to move on to our final uh, little news story in our, in our potpourri of, of uh, small, fun news stories. Uh, and, and full disclosure, uh, I am a previous employee of and good friend of Udon Entertainment, the, the publisher that makes video game art books. So just to set that up front, uh, Udon has just announced their Art of Shantae hardcover art book. And I'm particularly proud of this because even though I didn't uh, work on the book myself as an editor, I did help broker the deal between WayForward and Udon and get this book off the ground. So... I'm really glad to see it has uh, made it through production. It's coming out soon. It's uh, coming out on, uh, I think, August. Let's see. It's coming out on August 24th. Yes. Nice. And the Udon store is going to be offering a San Diego Comic-Con 2021 online exclusive gold foil cover that's going to be up for pre-order on July 19th. So whatever version you want to get, this thing's coming out really soon. It includes uh, art from all five Shantae games. Uh, there's alternate cover art uh, for the gold foil stamping uh, version, and yeah, it's it's the definitive collection of Shantae art. There's also going to be like uh, you know behind the scenes concept art and line art and all that cool stuff. So if you're a big Shantae fan, like pretty much all of us are, I think uh, here at GVG, especially me and Derek, uh, this is something you're probably going to want to pick up. I can vouch myself. Udon art books are incredibly great quality, so. Uh, yeah, it's just kind of a cool thing, and I'm I'm happy for my buddies at Udon that they're able to get this released yeah. and out to Shantae fans. Uh, John, are you a Shantae fan at all? I have actually never played any of them. <laughs> How 
dare you? I'm sorry. I'm. I was dreading that question. I was like, please don't ask. Please don't ask. <laughs> no worries. No worries. I mean, if you love platformers, you should definitely check them out. I'm sure you've heard that before. They are. I'm a huge. I, I do love platformers. I just. I for for some reason it just hasn't happened yet. Sure. But I'm going to. I, I'm. I, I consider this a homework assignment. Nice. nice, nice. Steve, I don't know if you saw on the Udon uh, announcement page, but uh, it says the wait is over. Udon Entertainment is ret to go, which is something nice. you've seen me say so many times. And we're like, why does he say that? Where's that from? Yeah, it well, took me a while. Yeah, like, because I'm not a yeah. big Shantae fan. Like, I've played a couple of the games. Uh, they they were, I don't know if they still are. You you probably know the answer to this, Ash, but they were published by Xseed, at least for a time. And All right. They they used to just send me like everything they would publish, and so that's my first experience with Shantae was I believe on the Vita. I think they sent me a Vita Shantae game. Okay, probably for Pirates Curse or Half Genie yep. Hero, maybe Pirates Curse. And okay. they sent me like the collector's edition, and I played it, and I never finished it. Honestly, I, I I should. And then I have a few of the games on Switch, and I still need to play those. I really want to play M- MVG's uh, Game Boy Color port that he he did. Oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah check that out, too. He, he did great. And we've got to have him back on again, too. He was a previous guest of TNT, and he was awesome to have on. So uh, we're certainly looking to having him on again. But, uh, yeah, so that's kind of the, the end of our potpourri uh, collection of small news stories. But uh, with that said, let's go ahead and move on to one of our main news stories for the day. And I'm just going to say, got to go fast. Gotta go so, fast. Yeah, always gotta go fast. So, Sonic Colors Ultimate has gotten a new trailer. Sega just dropped one yesterday, I believe, detailing all the improvements and additions coming to this new version of Sonic Colors. And there's a lot of it. So, uh, of course, there's the usual suite of visual improvements, 60 FPS, 4K, obviously on 4K compatible systems, revamped lighting, and quote-unquote improved graphics, which I take to mean probably redone textures, things like probably. that. Yeah, Yeah. Um, there's a rival rush mode where you can face off with Metal Sonic in both the game's 3D and 2D levels. Uh, And if you win, and I I assume there are other ways to get these, but if you win, you get some of what uh, is another new feature to the game, which is park tokens. And you can spend park tokens uh, in the game's store to unlock unique boosts, auras, gloves, and shoes for Sonic to kind of customize his appearance. And that's completely new to Sonic Colors. That was not uh, in the original game at all. Uh, there's a new Wisp called the Jade Ghost that lets you uh, let Sonic transform into the Jade Ghost Wisp and uh, phase through solid objects and fly around to find hidden areas. Uh, you can customize your controls. There is the Tails Save item where, of course, we've seen a little bit of this uh, before where if you fall into a pit and you have one of these, Tails swoops in to save you and you uh, you know don't lose a life. Uh, there's something called the 100-count ring that uh, I guess gives you temporary invincibility and gives you a score bonus after the stage. That seems like it's maybe something more for, you know, speedrunners and high score chasers. Uh, and then, of course, there's the remix soundtrack. And if you watch this trailer, uh, you can hear some of that. You hear Planet Wisp, and the, the remix of Planet Wisp. And I've seen some complaints about, about this, and I'm like, I think this new version of Planet Wisp sounds great. I, the only issue, though, is can you optionally listen to the original soundtrack? And that seems to maybe be what has people a little tripped up and I understand that because the original soundtrack for Sonic Colors is fantastic, like most Sonic music is. Um, and so I would really prefer the ability to swap between the original and remix soundtrack. Yeah. I got to say, this uh, new version of Planet Wisp is a banger, in my opinion. Um, Steve, I know you said you you have not played Sonic Colors, correct? I've I have not beat Sonic Colors, but I have played a bit of it. Uh, a little bit of past. it. Okay. I, I I dig what I played. It's just uh, it came at a time where I had other shit to do, and I never I sure. never ended up coming back to it because 
eh, you know, it's 3D Sonics more often than not tend to tend to lose me in the back 40. So fair enough. Uh, what about you, John? Have you played the original colors? I have. Um, and uh, nice. I love it. Uh, yeah, and same. I, I am, you know, I think I think traditionally Sonic is at, at his absolute best when he's in 2D. Uh, oh, yeah. I, sure. I, 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 I generally don't don't enjoy most of the 3d sonics but colors is incredible um this is real i mean to to be honest with you this is really the only 3d sonic that ever really resonated with me um and not generations no no i i just i i and maybe that's because um like i've always primarily been a nintendo guy right um and maybe like i've got a lot of fond memories of playing this on the wii um I can't even really put my finger on what it is about Sonic Colors that I think elevates it above all the other 3D Sonics I've played. What I do know is this is going to look so good in 4K. It is, right? Like, like, I have actually been wondering when this would get a remaster. Uh, And and I am so happy that that we're finally getting it. Like, I I would normally get this on Switch because I play, I would say, 80% of my games on Switch. Mm-hmm. But but I, this might have to be a PS5 purchase Dang. because yeah. I've got I've got a, I've got an OLED TV right back there. Hell yeah, it, with HDR and and I I just I don't know if I could pass that up, man. I so- I do know if I can. I can't. <laughs> I can't pass that up. I'm I want to play this on my PS5 straight up. Yeah, my my fear is that uh, on Switch it'll be it won't hit that 60 FPS mark. Uh, yeah. I, I'm I'm not super huge on the 4K thing, but I, the frame rate for a high speed game like Sonic is uh, critical to me, and I want like a rock solid, no hitches, 60 FPS. And I'm way more confident I'll get that on PS5 than on the Switch. Uh, exactly. So yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm going to go where where it performs the best. Yeah, I mean the same can be said of Sonic Forces. I mean nothing could make that game good, but. I still was happy to have to have played it and reviewed it on PS4 over Switch, just because again, Sonic games you really do want that that super smooth frame rate, and Sonic games typically look really good. They're they're you know they're just really nice to look at. So having that higher resolution and especially a 4K Sonic game now here with Sonic Colors Ultimate, yeah, I mean it's weird because it's it's a little paradoxical. Sonic feels more at home on Nintendo platforms. Yeah. For me. Oh, know, after, yeah. After Sega, uh, their first party, or sorry, their uh, hardware development would belly up. You know, I just felt like Sonic is most at home on Nintendo consoles. But at the same time, like you guys both said, I want to play this game in 4K at a smooth 60 FPS straight up. And, and that's what I'm looking forward to uh, with this game. Well, and what's wild about that is, like, I, I agree with you, right? Like, I, I think Sonic feels most at home at, on, on Nintendo, hands down. Um, and you know, all three of us are Nintendo guys, uh, and I think we're all planning on purchasing this on PS five. The, the wild thing is to me is that I think, I think when you look at the split for sales, of this game, I think it's going to heavily favor Nintendo. I, I, oh, I think yeah. more I think people are, I think more people are going to purchase this on the switch than, than probably Xbox and PlayStation combined. I think and, you're right. And, and honestly, like I, I kind of. I kind of wish I could convince people. Like, I feel like this is one of those games where this is one of those games, one of those third-party games where you really need to experience it uh, without a single hitch. I, I think Steve is completely on the money when he's like, I just don't know if I can trust the Switch to run this, especially in handheld uh, at a at a stable sixty frames a second. I I don't think it's going to happen. 
Yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, a, I think it'll be a stable thirty FPS. On yeah, Switch. Brandon uh, Bovia in our chat was saying that he had heard Switch was confirmed thirty FPS. Which oh really? I, I mean, but sounds about right. If if you if you're sensitive to frame rates like I am, uh, mm-hmm. man, going from sixty to thirty is a rough transition. Like it really if, is. If I can play a game in sixty FPS, I'll choose the platform that does that. In, in fact, to to kind of underline that point, um, I picked up Monster Hunter Stories two on PC. Because I played the oh. Switch demo and I was like, "This is a little rough." Like, Doesn't run it, great. it looks great, but it runs kind of like ass. And I was like, "I really want to play. Like, I want to play this game. It looks like exactly the type of game I could sink a ton of hours into, but I don't want like a cell shaded game that runs at, you know, fifteen FPS, even if it's just some of the time. Like Breath of the Wild drives me crazy. And one of my favorite games." Yeah. But God, that sacred forest or, or the uh, the where you pick up the master sword. I always say sacred forest, but I'm pretty sure I'm wrong on that. Right. Uh, either way, you all know where I'm talking about, and you know that the frame rate just chugs in there, and that yep. drives mm-hmm. me mad. I'm like, this is supposed to be like a moment of the game that is just filled with hype. Like you find the master sword and you're going to it. And to be fair, the scene, even for a you know launch switch title is beautiful like the way the light is light is filtering it through really the is. trees it looks like the art from race. fucking a link yeah. to the past <laughs> and really i'm does. like yeah i love this moment and then you rotate the camera and you're like oh god it's like turning into a slideshow in here like we need that switch pro nintendo give us this yeah. <laughs> someday <laughs> for me i'll say that it comes down it's a little bit more genre dependent for me i mean i typically do prefer 60 f 60 fps when i can get it and in, in games like for example ratchet and clank rift apart I would frequently go back and forth between 4K 30 and sub 4K 60 and generally play most of the game in 60. But in a game like Monster Hunter Stories 2, I I played the demo as well. And uh, I I didn't have as much of an issue with that, you know, being obviously a a, a fairly, fairly solid 30 FPS. I don't think it was fully solid, Um, but it's not it's a turn based RPG. Right. So it doesn't bother me quite as much. But when it comes to platformers, rhythm games, fighting games, like I gotta have that 60 FPS, you know, refresh rate that ex- that you know experience, and yeah, to to your what you were uh, you said uh, about Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, Steve. Yeah, I, I loved playing it at 60 wow. FPS, but toward the end of my playthrough, though, uh, they did release that patch that uh, that updated the fidelity mode to 40 FPS at uh, at an 120 hertz re- uh, refresh rate for. 120 hertz supported monitors and that was i finished the game in that mode i wish i had that option the entire time i guess 40 fps was a nice middle ground so not to not to stunt too much but i beat that game before it came out because i couldn't stop (laughs) playing it and it's amazing i i've almost platinumed the game now i don't know that i'm going to but maybe um but I played the whole game in 4K 30, like in the fidelity mode, just because I, I have realized now that as much as frame rate means a lot to me, as long as it is steady, mm-hmm. uh, I will trade off like 60 FPS for just mind blowing visuals. Uh, sure. Like, for instance, Miles Morales, I had that option was there from day zero. And right. I was like, 60 FPS looks cool. But in 30 FPS, I can see the fucking reflections in Spider-Man's <laughs> eyes. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. and that alone makes this whole thing wor- worth the trade-off for me. Uh, like, wh- I remember the moment that I was trying to decide what I would play it in for review. And I, I just happened to be, like, stuck to the side of, like, a, a glass building. 
And in one mode, I could see Miles perfectly reflected and the other buildings. And in one mode, I could see like a little bit of Miles and nothing else. And I was like, well, that seals sure. it for me. <laughs> I was like, I'm I playing mean, yeah. it in in a lower frame rate because it looks ridiculous. And and the same thing right. happened for me with Ratchet and Clank. I was just like, the game looks too good for me to sacrifice the visual fidelity for a smoother frame rate. Now, if if it was the difference between an uneven frame rate... And 60 mm-hmm. FPS, I'd be like, all right, you know, because that actually hampers my enjoyment to a degree. But if it's a rock solid 30 and a rock solid 60 and one looks dramatically better, then I'll, I'll probably go where the visuals are, are more striking just because well, yeah, that to me is that almost as impressive on. as all the other like cool shit it does with level streaming and stuff like that. Well, I mean, and that's why I, like I said, I switched back and forth. Like, I, I think I did end up spending more time in 60 FPS, but I kept switching back and forth because there's really no wrong answer here, right? They're, they yeah, both have yeah, it's all it's all down to preference. And, and did you play? Have you tried it at 40 FPS the, with the new? Patch? I haven't. Uh, the update came Dude, out. It looks amazing. I, I need to. the The problem I've been having lately, and I don't know, Ash, you also have have the same model of OLED that I do. Um, yeah. I've been trying to pick up some games that are 120 FPS, and I'm struggling to notice the difference at this point. Like, I I booted up Doom Eternal, for instance, Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, 120 FPS in a game like Doom, that should be wild. I should be able to... And I could not notice the difference between that and 60. But then in Gears of War 5, night and day, I was able to notice it right away. Uh, Mm -hmm. Ori, I'm able to notice it. But some games I'm starting to notice, like, I don't know if they're actually hitting 120 FPS internally or if they just have a mode. Um, right. Well, correct I, me if I'm wrong, but but I think in, in this case, it's uh, I haven't played in a, in a 120 FPS game yet. In this case, it was 120 hertz with a, oh, a no. 40 FPS. Yeah. So, so to be yeah. clear, and that's where I start to get confused because okay. honestly, your refresh rate and your frame rate, if they're if they're the same, then then it should be noticeably more smooth, right? Like 120 hertz right. means that the screen is refreshing 120 times a second, yeah. which coupled with FPS, a 120 uh, frames per second yeah. frame rate should butter smooth, like ridiculously good looking game. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that, that the Ratchet & Clank patch probably delivers a, a really smooth feeling experience because I know Assassin's Creed uh, Valhalla did something similar where it uses variable refresh rate on displays that support it to kind of take like an iffy frame rate and make it smooth it out. Um, and I really liked that, but yeah, it's becoming, it's one of those things that is now like a marketing uh, point that is really confusing to suss out. Like at the beginning of the PS4 pro slash Xbox series or Xbox one S generation of consoles where we were like okay is this native 4k or is it upscaled 4k and basically the answer to everyone's question was like wait till digital foundry makes a video on it and and let them explain it to you and that's where i'm at now with 120 hertz because i'm like okay i have a handful of games that support it but i don't know if they're actually running at 120 fps and there's no fucking way to tell like the xbox just says like oh yeah it's in this mode and your tv says yeah it's in this mode but I, I can't detect a difference in some games. It's mm-hmm. it's all over the place. Well, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts when you do try the... I'll, uh, the I'll try it tonight so that we can talk it's, about it Monday. The frame pace is perfect from what I can tell. But uh, yeah, to bring, to bring things back to Sonic Colors Ultimate, obviously we're all pretty excited about this. We all want to play it on, on PS5, which to be, to be clear, there is no PS5-specific version. It's going to be PS4 right. and Xbox yeah. One. So it's going to be you know basically PS4 Pro 4K. Uh, essentially playing it on the PS5. But yeah, this is one of Sonic's best 3D games. Uh, it is 
almost more it's almost like half 3d half 2d uh both both styles of gameplay work really well in in sonic colors and uh i think it was you narukami who said it in the patron chat a little earlier i'm just hoping this eventually gives us sonic generations ultimate because generations is probably even above colors my favorite 3d sonic game um and of course there's a whole 2d component to that too but i just love generations and it's amazing just how good that game still looks yeah. uh, having been released in i think 2009 is when it came out i could I be wrong right. about that I think you're um, right. But 12 years later, it still is a real looker. And I'd love to see that refreshed for for the current generation of uh, hardware. But, um, yeah, and then, of course, we, we kind of we spent most of our time talking about the visual upgrades. Um, but, yeah, we went over everything else is coming to it. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the Park Token store system, seeing all the goofy ways you can customize Sonic. That should be fun. Um, yeah, I'm just looking forward to replaying this game in general. Oh, yeah. And, and just beholding the visual spectacle that will be sonic colors at 40 uh or at 4k 60 fps mm-hmm. um but with that said i think we spent uh quite a bit of time on sonic colors ultimate so let's go ahead and move on uh, to our next story which oh go ahead. we do have oh, a super sorry chat. yes we have some super chats yes so we have a, i think a couple of super chats yes come on youtube um here we go okay uh, two dollars from skull kid tiger saying what if fat sonic is because of animals only diet you know, that could be. Danimals probably isn't the best thing to eat, especially if that's all you're eating. So, but Fat Sonic, I think, predates Danimals. I don't know. How long has Danimals been a brand? Uh, I, Do, oh, that's... Let's find that's out. That's a good question. I Go never down thought that. I, I have no idea. Danimals founding. I mean, Danimals, like, when did they even come out? There's got to be a Wikipedia page for Danimals. I refuse to okay. believe there is. Okay, in 1994, the company oh, introduced Oh, Sonic Dan is older Danimals. than Danimals. So I think that that theory, unfortunately, falls through. I don't think mm. it's Danimals that made Fat Sonic fat. So I don't know what it is. Maybe all the chili dogs. Chili dogs, yeah. Yeah, probably. Yeah, but you'd dogs. figure he would burn that off really quickly. I, I mean, mean, but he eats more. Yeah, he just eats more. But I mean, his, his metabolism is just going and going and going and going. Like, it's like yeah. throwing coal into a fire. I mean, but that's ju- that underscores just how many chili dogs. What if, he's what if the chili dogs are made out of like animals from Mobius, and they just have much oh higher fat God. content than regular animals? <laughs> We're really getting into the the, the lore of, of Mobius chili dogs. Even the now. deepest lore, it. the deepest yeah. lore. <laughs> yeah, we, we're well, going to the you. darkest place real quick with Sonic. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you, uh, as always, Skullkid Tiger, for your donation. Uh, we also have five Canadian dollars from Bongo Lover, our good friend Bongo Lover, saying any game without Danimals will run bad. There's a reason why Sonic Dash runs so well. I this is just the the your joke commitment to this bit is impressive. I know it is. Like you, I think you, Bongo Lover, have officially reached Kitty Kong facts or Jesse levels of like total and utter devotion to to your character. In in Jesse's case, it's Kitty Kong. In your case, it's Bongo. But I I take my proverbial hat or tip my proverbial hat to you for really, really being dedicated to this. I love it. Um, And thank you, uh, as always, of course, for the donation. And uh, finally, we have $5 from Black Ninja saying, hey, y'all, did anyone get the Sonic Color Special 30th pre-order from Japan? How about Monster Hunter Stories uh, 2 Special? Review coming? Uh, I personally did not. I would have loved to get it, but I just... Just didn't get around to trying to trying to track it down. But yes, we do have uh, Brandon, our good friend Brandon, working on a Monster Hunter Stories two review. So he look forward beat to that. The game already. He messaged That's... me today and was like, "I beat wow. the game." And my only response wow. was, "Please tell me you slept." 
I yeah. was like, please. He's like, oh, I fucked up my sleep schedule. And so I just reset it by Brandon, playing the game. I was like, don't do not do that. God. You work for yourself now. Don't do and that shit. And he's got bronchitis, too. It's like, you are sick. You need Good to Lord. rest. Don't mess up your sleep schedule when you're sick, especially when you're sick. But uh, but yeah, Brandon is our is our resident Monster Hunter super fan. So just like he did with uh, his Monster Hunter Rides review, it was obviously incredibly good and, and uh, well informed. So certainly look forward to uh, his stories to review being much the same. It's going to be great. Uh, yeah, he, he told me he's it. working on the review uh, over the weekend. Uh, so hopefully that'll that'll come soon. I'm sure it'll be way better than anything any of us could have done because he knows like Monster Hunter inside and out. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Well, let's go ahead and move on to our next news story, which uh, we're going for Sonic, and now we're going to go to his rival, Mario. So let's get that up on screen. And I don't know that we'll have too, too much to say about this, but the uh, upcoming Illumination uh, Super Mario Brothers film, animated film, uh, is going to be exclusive to NBC's Peacock streaming service, in the U.S. at least, after it leaves theaters. Uh, And this is part of a new deal that is going to see all Universal, DreamWorks, and Illumination films coming to Peacock after their theatrical runs. So, (sighs) cool, I guess. This shit is exhausting. I I know all the different streaming services. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure I know somebody who has Peacock who I, I can bum their code. And I I have it. To watch. I've but, got it. If you want to okay. use it, like I, I can count on one hand how many times I've actually made use of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, my <laughs> my uh, wife is a huge huge super fan of The Office, and so oh, okay. it, it, Peacock came about when we were like looking for where we could stream it, and I I told her I was like, oh, it's on Peacock, and she's like, you're fucking with me. That's not a real thing. She's like, I don't believe you. She like did the Ron Burgundy, like, I don't believe you. And I literally had to download the app on our TV to show her. She's like, come on, like, this can't be a thing. And I was like, no, it absolutely, it really is. I'm just sick of like the litany of streaming services that we have now. There's so, yeah, there's like, there's Voodoo, which I've I've barely even heard of. A buddy of mine has a Voodoo account to watch some show or another. I don't know. There's Voodoo and Peacock and... I don't even. There's so. I think there's so many apps on Never even. I don't even hear of these services. I have to ask. I, do we think this movie's going to be good? <laughs> like I, uh, I, 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 I don't know how to feel about it. As and I'm speaking as a huge Mario super fan. Um, I, 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 just not interested in it. <laughs> like I. Well, maybe that's not that's not the right way to say it. I'm apprehensive. I think. Is I think the, the problem is, the is we just don't know anything about it yet. I think right. once we, it's it's hard to make a decision and and kind of know how excited to be about it until we hear more about what it's actually going to be. Like, what's the story going to be like? Who's going to be voicing Mario? Is he just going to be go, going? Yeah, wahoo! And that's my question, be, right? Yes. Like, yeah, <laughs> Mario. Mario communicates in excited squeaks. Like, is right. is that going to be like you, you know, woohoo? You know, like is, is he gonna? Is he just? Is it just going to be Charles Martinet voicing six characters yelling the whole movie? Because that's not all that compelling to me. Like I'd rather just watch a, or I'd rather just play right. a Mario game. Like I don't yeah, know. I'm, I like mean, I, I'll be I'll be honest. As a Mario fan, I would be upset if Martinet did not voice Mario, at least Mario. Um, but I want Mario to fucking talk. Like I don't want to yeah, go to a movie like, and and have just wah like the whole time. Yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> I am out if that's what it is. My kids will love it, but like seeing the P 
people that made minions who I loathe with every cell in my body, I that doesn't fill me with confidence. I, oh, good. The people who made the yellow one-eyed Tic Tacs are making uh, a Mario movie. That, I mean, if I met a minion in real life, I would choke it out so fast. I would kill oh, it. This, <laughs> this got dark real fast. Right? Like, I hate them so much. I'm like, I have four kids. Do you know how much minions viewing oh, yeah. that entails that's a lot to me i just kind of just disregard them because for me they've always been budget serve bots it feels like somebody at illumination was like oh i love Mega Man legend serve bots are great we're gonna make our own crappy versions of them and that's just you, kind of they've always reminded me of just you know crappy serve bots i want you know them added you, to mortal Kombat so i can kill them like, wow, this is if you're not really dark if they don't get Martinet to voice Mario, uh, if they're planning on having Mario just like enunciate himself for the whole movie, it's got to be somebody like uh, James Earl Jones or Arnold Schwarzenegger, just somebody <laughs> Danny with DeVito, with a, Danny DeVito, right. somebody or somebody with a baritone, you know, like somebody, like you know, Mario opens his mouth and you're waiting for, you know, Yahoo, and he instead he's a, you know, he's like, Bowser, I'm coming for you, you know, like, yeah. like I just want, I want a really, really deep baritone Mario for once. <laughs> if if like, they get somebody unofficial to play mario i want him to also call himself mario it's mario mario oh, no i've heard mario too many it's... times my, my grandma used to say mario and it drove me nuts <laughs> oh. it's, it's it, rest in peace bob hoskins because he would be my first choice like if if bob were still with us it would have to be Bob Hoskins, just for continuity purposes. Like tie the whole thing together. Yeah. Do like the do like the Mario Cinematic Universe. You know, like how they're, how they're doing the multiverse. Just have have Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo's Mario movie be just one part of a larger Mario story. You know what? I take your Bob Hoskins and I raise you a Captain Lou Albano. I have a oh, soft spot that's for good. Mario Ooh, Super that's show. real good. That's I real would good. love that. Would be really cool if we could get like a Lou Albano sound alike to. It's to... like they say, neatness counts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, now I kind of want this like cursed version of Mario more than a... just just like just like a, a, the Mario multiverse, right? Like uh -huh. just just different versions of Mario all in one movie. Some of them have to be animated, and some of them have to be played by real life actors. Into the Mario verse, like Super into, Mario the Mario into the Mario verse, absolutely. Yeah. There we go. Uh, that reminds me of the. You know what they say? All toasters toast toast. Yeah. Like, what are you even saying with like, that? What? <laughs> who wrote that line? My most, my most vivid Mario TV movie is "Eh, fuck you, Luigi." Uh huh. You know, like uh -huh. that's that's my that's 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 peak Mar that's peak live action Mario to me. So. What was he actually saying in that? And he was saying know? like "Thank you, Luigi." Thank he was you, saying Luigi. "Thank you." Okay, yeah. but 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 I've listened to it probably a hundred times, and I'm sorry, I don't hear it. I don't, I don't hear, hear it, you, Luigi. I hear yeah. I hear "fuck you, Luigi." That's what I hear. Yeah, that's what I hear too. <laughs> I I love that that show. I think it's either on Hulu or Netflix. But there there have been a few late nights where I'm like, you know, I kind of kind of getting ready to go to bed, but I'm not quite ready. But I don't want to like play a game and get my brain all wired and going again. So like I'm flipping through, I'm like, oh, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show is archived on here for all time and and i'll just go back and watch a few random episodes i it's not a good show but it's just so no. weird and goofy and do the mario i that song though unironically is a banger though i do love that yeah i love that opening theme it's great take and then if, one step right from side to side oh man oh that's this sounds like a post-show video we might have to watch the the opening in the post-show oh my nice. god uh and then, and then of course you had it in the super mario brothers 3 cartoon either the mario 3 or the the mario world cartoon 
you had Toad, who randomly had kind of like a Brooklyn, New Jersey accent, but but crossed with Toad's weird hype, you know, hyper high voice, and it was just really strange. It was a really strange crossover for Toad. Yep. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I think what it comes down to with the Illumination movies, we just don't know what to expect yet with it. We don't know enough about it to know whether or not to be excited for it. So, but we will absolutely I'm, watch it and discuss it here. Oh yeah, that is for <laughs> even damn if it's sure. terrible. It, be- it might even be a better post movie discussion if it is fucking terrible. I'm right. I'm putting down money right now that a rabbit pops up somewhere. Oh man, Ooh, there's gonna be a that. rabbit in there. There's gonna be a rabbit in there somewhere. I mean, sure. rabbit. I'll be okay with. Ho- hopefully, not minion though. I, ho- I hope a minion doesn't pop up in yeah. the movie at all. Yeah. Um, oh. Before we move on to the next story, we have a two-pound donation from Alan Wilkinson saying, "Wario, Waluigi, and minions slash Despicable team up, please." Um, mm. You know, I don't know if I, if any of us here like minions enough to want to see that personally. <laughs> I, I know I, Steve doesn't. He wants I mean, them to I, die. I don't wish death upon them like some people do, but <laughs> but at the same time, I if I saw a minion dying, I wouldn't save it. Let's just say that. Wow, <laughs> this is really man. You guys are brutal. And brutal I'm sure that I'm sure that here. Steve was the one who put it in that position. So I'm, well, yeah. I don't want to. I don't. I don't want to step on his toes. <laughs> right. I arranged right. the hit. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, the minion hate is is real today. Uh, Also, a very important question from Bongo Lover with a two Canadian dollar donation asking Steve, what's worth? What's worse, minions or rabbits? Oh, dude, a a million times minions. Like I (laughs) rabbits are mildly annoying. I would slam my fist through a minion's goggle just to pull its eye out. Like I (laughs) hate so much Good lord wow they are viscerally like, upsetting and yeah I, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna sugarcoat it i would commit minion genocide i would just kill every single one i found rabbit <laughs> ra- rabbits are annoying but at least in Mar- at least in king of battle you get to like you know beat them up you know like minions are untouchable there's no way you can right. actually physically harm a minion which i think makes them even worse yep well, right so like, you have like Rabid Peach and now Rabid Rosalina and like you know they're they're funny caricatures of, of the Mario characters they're based on right and you know Rabid Peach always being obsessed with her phone and and uh, yeah know, taking pictures for social and media. Rosalina being kind of emo and like an yeah. annoyed yeah. team yeah so there's there's charm there to be had but you know while I don't share the bloodlust for minions that that uh, <laughs> the two of you apparently did do I don't like them at all I'm not I I just don't find them appealing whatsoever and like I said I just find them as budget serve bots so. Yeah, I'd take rabbits over minions as well. Somebody chats in minion peach when. <laughs> oh, God, no, never, hopefully, hopefully never. Um, all right, well, let's move on from uh, something Steve really hates to something he might actually be kind of interested in. Let's see, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this, Steve. Let's get that up on screen. So, uh, the X screen, which is a, uh, a display that essentially hooks up to your Xbox Series S has met its Kickstarter funding goal of $9,650 in just 20 minutes, and it's now sitting at over $71,000. And if you'd asked me, I'd, I would not have ever thought that there was like a huge demand for a, for a, playing your Xbox Series S on the go, but apparently there is. And uh, Steve, you're, you're our you know resident uh, tech enthusiast, and so I'm curious, is this something that would interest you at all? Do you see a need for this? That's that's going to be a no from me, Ash. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I was I was definitely the guy that bought a product like this in the GameCube era. I was like, oh man, 
I can play Smash Brothers on a right. four-inch screen. Amazing. And <laughs> I, yeah. I definitely went that route. And I can tell you that, one, the, these are just not all they're cracked up to be in most cases. Uh, yeah, they are usually really shitty, like TFT LCD displays with bad viewing angles. They, like, get the most bargain bin ass lcd screen but that's really not why i'm not interested in this because i do get the appeal of something like it but i mean it's 2021 we have the switch now and (laughs) i no longer like that scratch for portable console gaming is is has long been taken care of or that itch for for uh portable console gaming has long been scratched you know i if I want to play a console quality game away from a television, I don't look at my Xbox anymore. I don't look at anything but the Switch. I'm just like, oh, well, you know, I have a device that literally exists for that purpose. Uh, so I guess, I mean, if if you're an Xbox-only player and you want... that, Even thinking of it in those terms, it's a little bit baffling yeah. because we have xCloud and I could just use my phone and... If right. you've got the money to buy a Series S and this screen, you probably also own a smartphone. <laughs> I mean, odds are really yeah. good that you do. Um, I, yeah. But clearly there's a demand for it. I don't I don't have an out-and-out hatred of this thing, but I, I guess I've just... My, my perception of how games are played has shifted thanks to the Switch. You know, I, I look at my Xbox and my PlayStation as things that when I want to sit down and have, you know the full-on experience, you know, 65-inch TV, sound system going. uh, Those are the consoles I look to for that kind of thing. For the Switch, you know, if I want to play something on the go, uh, portably, then I'm looking to smaller devices now. I I can't imagine in this day and age packing up my Xbox and, like, taking it with me with a screen bolted on. It just sounds crazy. (laughs) So... um, but I, I guarantee there's a market for it, and I guarantee you when Halo Infinite launches, you'll probably see a ton of people doing this so that they don't, you know, they don't go through xCloud. They have have their ability to do this in a hotel room or whatever, but it ain't for me. Not anymore. Right. I mean, for it to have made over seven times its initial funding goal, though, already, and, and, let, and let alone hit its funding goal in 20 minutes, I just, if you had, if you had shown me this before the, the Kickstarter went live, I would have been like, maybe there's a demand for this you got yeah you might make it i don't know but it just blew it out of the water so good hey, so I mean, yeah people want what they want you know yeah. it's it it the timing on this is uh on this discussion is interesting because just yesterday i um i pulled out my old uh ps1 i've got the lcd screen attachment um and mm. i i you know i was just sitting in my closet and i was like why did i ever stop using this thing and I booted it up just yesterday. Within ten seconds, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's why." Um, and uh, and like like, it's a great idea. But like Steve said, and you know, we are now in an age where you can stream. I mean, not only do you have the Switch, but you can stream your Xbox to literally your toaster. I mean, I mean, you can stream <laughs> your Xbox to anything now. And I I had not heard of this until Ash you sent me the topics for today. And so I looked into it. And I'm a I'm a I'm a fine print kind of guy, right? Mm-hmm. So I start looking at the I start looking at the Kickstarter, right? Cuz like I'm like, man, this this went really quick. And I like like Steve said, these things are usually not what I would call the highest, <laughs> you know, top shelf quality, right? Right. So I'm interested in what it, what the components of this, thing, of this thing actually are. So I'm looking at I'm looking at the uh, I'm looking at the page. I can't find anything. Right then, buried <laughs> at the bottom, 
of the of the fact on the Kickstarter page, it, the very bottom, it says, what are the exact te technical specifications of the screen panel in the next screen? And the answer is, at this stage, we are in the process of finalizing the exact panel model we will use in production of the X screen. Damn. Okay, so okay, so right. so so all models we are considering are high performance 1080p 60 hertz panels that are suited for video games use. Okay, that's literally every television. Right. Um, like like that's every monitor almost. Like like, you know, it, it's a big red flag for me when when you are you are pushing this you know this kickstarter here and i'm not saying they're like they're being underhanded or anything like not at all right. but what i am saying is is that for you for this thing to be already fully funded without without them actually having finalized on the panel they're using um no <laughs> like no yeah. I, I i i'm not like i i know like that, that there's everything about this screams budget to me like and, and 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 besides like there's i don't know i i don't see that i mean I'm clearly like you said there's a demand for this but i think the demand are from people who are just absolute 100 percent purists and say i don't want to stream to a phone i don't want to stream anywhere i want to play like, my xbox yeah. on an actual screen that's designed for video games uh yeah. and i i just I don't know. Like I, I, to me, it's just this sounds incredibly risky. Yep, sure. And you have to drop just shy of two hundred dollars for it too to get yeah, one. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> you have to pledge a hundred, approximately one hundred eighty-seven dollars uh, U.S. dollars, uh, and you will receive one X screen display. And apparently, they are going to start shipping in January twenty twenty-two. So. I guess it has a bit of way to go in production, and, and they are maybe absolutely not going to ship in January. No, I, that's, I seem no. a bit I mean, soon to me. I agree. I, I, I mean, they they haven't even decided on the panel they're going to use. I right. mean, I mean, which tells me that this thing is not e like it's not even in development. It's an idea right mm -hmm. now, right? Like they're researching it, like you know, and clearly the interest is there. But now, I mean, what you've essentially done is you have funded. You you have funded this project. You've made a lot of lofty promises on the front of your Kickstarter page, but buried in the very last section of the of the fact is, well, we don't actually know what panel we're going to use. Like, so 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 now, like, I mean, you you need to hit a home run on this. And like Steve said, these generally are not home runs. They're just they're just not like right. and. You know, I think people will get these. They'll plug them in and they'll enjoy the novelty of it for a few hours, and they'll go right back to playing it on their fifty-five inch four K OLEDs. Right. Yeah, I, so, I agree so, with that. So you're thinking like it's just going to be generally disappointing, but it's not going to be like a nuclear level Kickstarter failure, like something like Mighty Number no. Nine. You just think it's going to be generally. I right. mean, Mighty Number no. Nine That's came out. <laughs> I'm I'm not <laughs> sure. So my my big yeah. thing is um, I've never built and shipped a physical product before right but i know very well that if i were planning if, if i was serious about shipping a product like a physical item and i'm not talking about our fucking shirts down below if you want one of those but um i'm talking about like something that you have to design and create from the ground up because i mean john mentions they haven't sourced the panel what are the odds then that they have the manufacturing lined up for the case that goes around the panel you know, or, or the yeah. circuitry, the custom circuitry that's involved to get an HDMI output. Because if I go and I go to Samsung and I say, hey, I need 100,000 
of your of your displays, they're not going to hand it to me built ready to bolt onto an Xbox. They're going to give me just a display panel. And then I'm going to have to figure out how to get a controller built for that that goes to HDMI, get a cable design that's just the right length to go from the back of that display into an Xbox Series S, keeping in mind the rest of the physical design of the product. I doubt that if they haven't sourced the panel that they have manufacturing lined up for all those other pieces. Um, like, I, I, I'm... There, there's a video of this thing on their Kickstarter page, right? And it, and you see them plugging it into the Xbox, and then you see gameplay. But, but this is very clearly, there's nothing actually happening on these screens. They're taking gameplay from somewhere else and just superimposing it on this screen, which is which is fine. Like that's how you do commercials. But the whole thing, like like when you consider that and the fact that I don't know something about this just seems incredibly half-baked to me like there's a lot of wishful thinking here and none of this footage on these screens that you're seeing on this video is actual like this is all very clearly just super like uh, footage from a television that's been compressed and superimposed over this screen on a video and 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 i i just i don't know man nothing like nothing about this speak like yeah i don't know this is just this is weird that's yeah. the best it's just weird like i don't know who this is for it's and like it's not even a thing that exists like so yeah. I, I just i don't know and, and one of the things they advertise too is built-in speakers and like i don't know about you guys but i would never want to play oh, you know a next an extra current gen game coming through what i imagine are going to be fairly low quality speakers in this 11 inch screen i can't imagine it's going to sound any sort of good it's no, just, it yeah, just no. doesn't seem like the way I'd ever want to play an Xbox Series S game or any, any Xbox game, PlayStation well, game, Switch. I mean, even with well, the Switch. A, like, there's I, a guy I, in the I, video, Ash, there's a guy in the video playing this thing on his lap in front of a television. And it's like, why? Like, why would I, you do that? Why? Yeah. Like, yeah. like, I mean, the tele- oh, so you can watch the sports game, but just like put the sports game on your phone. Like, I mean, yeah. that's what I like. Who the hell? And he's playing Gears of like who the hell is playing Gears of War and watching a a, fo- a football game? In the same, like just I don't know. Yeah, like, there's like a really hate XCloud to to want to use this over. There's a over lot that's really XCloud. iffy about this thing. the The other thing I want to point out too is that they're talking about 1080p, 60 hertz displays, and the Series S can go way above that in terms of both resolution and I mean it, it outputs it, but it it goes to up to 120 FPS. The Series S can do 120 FPS, albeit at lower resolutions than the uh, Series X. So you're you're hobbling uh, the uh, the capabilities of the console by connecting this display to it. Which, if you're designing a console, if you're just designing a display for a particular console, you would think that that display would be able to do all the things that that the console can do or or match the console's capabilities. It is just a really weird product. I'm I'm like scrolling through the video and like there's somebody playing this in their car and I'm like, what the hell is the Xbox plugged into? Like, like, (laughs) Uh like what you're in the car. What is it plugged into? Like, this this is like people with the Wii U all over again, like the small subset of people that insisted the Wii U was portable. And they're like, well, if you have a backpack and (laughs) you're near an outlet, it's fine. Yeah. Like, like, like. There's not a single plug to be had in this video. None of these things are actually plugged in. I, Nobody's I, playing their Xbox in the car, guys. No, yeah, on. exactly. Like, I, I, and yeah, and that's why I think I'm so support. This seems to have such a 
limited appeal, uh, especially given some of, the, some of the questionable specs or lack thereof that we're seeing with this so far. I'm just so surprised that it that it just blew its funding goal out of the water so quickly. Yeah, I know. I, I, I think that this is just a new wave of people because oh. I was definitely one of them that are amused by the novelty, the idea of it. And then when you get it, like John said, you'll you'll turn it on, you'll try it and you'll be like, yeah, this cool. isn't as good as yeah. yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's... yeah. I mean, I can't um, tell you the number of months that I had a GameCube with a screen just sitting on top of it, hooked up to my TV, and eventually I just came to grips with reality that I wasted one hundred fifty dollars and was like, "Well, I'm going to go get rid of this," <laughs> and got rid of the display. I was like, "I'm literally never going to play it like this." Yeah. Oh my God. Well, we do have one more news story to discuss, but before we do, I want to highlight something Bolt Mouse X said in our YouTube chat, just because I want to speak this into existence. They say, what next? Minion versions of GVG gang? Oh God, why did I say that? I want to see what a what a minion version of Steve looks like, just because of the raw oh. hatred Steve carries for these things. I so I we'll you see. know what? I, spoke it. I will I will later. counter that with if, if somebody, one of you artists out there in the GV gang, ignores what Ash just said and creates an illustration of me straight up murdering a minion, I will put it oh on the next episode of this show. It will be our splash screen until the episode starts. So there's there, choose your team. Choose your side. Right. right. Wow. Right. Maybe if you do do this, maybe try not to make it too over the top gory, just so we don't, uh, you know, run afoul of anything uh, or or push away anybody waiting Listen, for the show. You create the art however you want. I'll censor it if I need to. <laughs> but... Nice. There you go. That's the way to do it. Oh man, I I just I I never knew of your unbridled hate, uh, hatred for these things. I mean, Steve. I like th- Ash, I'm I'm going to be real with you. I know you're not. You know, you're not a father. You're a fur dad. But I know, yes. I know that you, as a human being, definitely understand that kids can be annoying. And oh, I yes. guarantee you that at various points throughout your life, you've met kids of loved ones or friends, and you've been like, get oh, yeah. me the fuck away from these kids. No. Now imagine sense. one thing that perfectly encapsulates all the annoying things children do, and that they love it. And they consume it constantly. <laughs> and that is right. Minions. Minions are so, everything you don't yeah. like about kids mixed with everything you don't like about media. <laughs> so, like, it, it, would you would you compare them to like Teletubbies or, or, or things like that? Like, I mean, like, are they that bad or Teletubbies at least would like accidentally lean into funny shit sometimes, whereas uh-huh. Minions just never do anything that would entertain someone over eight years old ever. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. Fair enough, and I do I do get the, the the kid angle though. Of course, I'm not a father, but I I cannot imagine being forced to be surrounded by minion media at all <laughs> hours of the day. That's got to be I for for a while. Before. My oldest had like a minion's nightgown, and I was like, I want to light that thing on fire. Like, <laughs> oh, I want this thing to disappear so badly. I was like, all leave right. the kid, <laughs> get right. rid of. All right. Well, let's right. Uh, let's move on from our from our minion bloodlust to our final story of the day, which is uh, comp- great vibes. I wanted to I I uh, specifically put this story at the end so we can head into the weekend with great vibes because this is just awesome all around. So, uh, Motomo Toriyama, Final Fantasy VII's remake, Final Fantasy VII remake's director, 
uh, has recently praised the diversity scene in The Last of Us Part Two. Uh, he says, The Last of Us Part Two really delivered on its consideration for diversity, right down to the UI, and I would imagine that the cost of debugging on that game was massive. However, having achieved that makes it a great game that sets a benchmark for the industry. I think that expressing diversity with LGBTQ plus inclusion is an important issue for everyone involved in making content. Uh, in Final Fantasy VII Remake, we rebuilt the original game using the latest technology, but we felt that it should not stop at the technical side, and we needed to update the story content being shown in line with modern sensibilities. And I think this is awesome just because we have talked on the show before about how culturally Japan is lagging, you know, it lags behind when it comes to uh, treatment and proper representation of LGBTQIA plus folks. And so it was really nice to see a, or hear, I guess, a, a big time Japanese game director praising The Last of Us Part Two specifically for its focus on diversity. And, uh, you know, I'm certainly not going to sit here as a heterosexual white male and, and tell people, you know, how they should feel about the uh, the Honeybee Inn stuff and, and Walmart and everything, how that was handled in Remake. Uh, I enjoyed it, but I'm also not part of one of those communities, so I'm, I'm certainly not going to say whether it was good or bad. But it seems like they're trying to do the right thing, at least, at least and they're not yeah. just ignoring it. And um, I just think this is great, and, and good on Toriyama uh, for saying this and for shedding a light on this, because The Last of Us Part Two should be praised for that. Absolutely. Last of Us Part Two is a fucking awesome game. I yes, it is great. Love that game. I, you know, you guys know that I'm a fan of games that don't necessarily wrap up with a happy ending, or or that tell a story that is difficult to to uh, you know, be be witness to. And I like that. I I like it when a game can make me feel uncomfortable but keep me playing. Um, but I think The Last of Us Part Two did a great job with depicting different types of people from different walks of life in a way that was respectful. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's really cool to see statements like this coming out from big time Japanese uh, publishers and developers where, as we've talked about in the past on the show, uh, things haven't moved forward quite as quickly as they have in other parts of the world. And right. uh, it, it is about time. Like people need to, you know, it, the games you play should not make you feel worse about who you are as a person. And I think that, you know, taking a beloved classic, and I totally understand the argument that games like Final Fantasy VII shouldn't be touched or altered, but at the same time, if you're remaking the game, it's a great time to revisit yeah. some of the more offensive aspects of that game, things that haven't aged well. Uh, there's ableist language in the original Final Fantasy VII uh, that at the time, nobody really batted an eye at, myself included. You know, it was commonly used as part of the lexicon back then. Uh, and I remember thinking about, well, shit, how's this going to be when they when they bring out the remake? And I'm glad to say that it just isn't there. And that is yep. fine. Um, and if you're the type of person that gets offended by the fact that a slur is no longer in your game, no, Steve, Steve, <laughs> the internet told me that the game is, is, uh, unplayable now. It's, yeah. uh, the artistic vision, uh, has been, uh, compromised and by, uh, by and the artist himself. Yeah. 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 Like I, I, I thought, I, I honestly, I thought the last of us two was a brilliant game. Um, and it's about mm-hmm. time that it's about time that uh, a story from the point of view of a very openly LGBTQ character was told. Um, I thought the romance between uh, I thought the romance between Dina and uh, and Ellie was very well told and beautiful. Um, and uh, and also 
I think the game deserves a shout out for the depiction of 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 Abby as not you know Agreed. like a strong a, a very physically powerful woman who you know the kind of woman that you don't see depicted very often in in video games but as a former marine I can tell you are all over the place uh and you know i i thought that was wonderful you know and the only thing i didn't like about the game was the amount of vitriol that i saw uh, online targeted towards characters like abby and uh but hopefully this is the beginning of a sea change in the industry where you know you know depictions of 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 women in games don't conform to to what you know a bunch of fucking internet trolls <laughs> want um yeah. you know I, I i think this is i think this is great I, I i think i think it's and i think the last of us part two will be remembered as a kind of a a benchmark game not just because of how good it is but because of what it's done uh for the for uh inclusion uh in uh in gaming mm-hmm yeah, yeah, and I, I say with with FF7 remake, I was originally concerned that I would that they would either dumb down everything that made Walmart Walmart, and the, they would either just try to smear it out, just not even try to approach it whatsoever, and just kind of like gloss over it, or that they would be incredibly tone deaf and and maybe just completely drop the ball on it. And instead, they they doubled down on what makes Walmart and Nani been. Uh, Honeybin, Honeybee in what they are, uh, in, in at least to my mind, a pretty respectful way. Again, I can't say that from a from a, a position of authority because I'm not part of that community, and I would never speak for anybody who is. But I was just shocked with the way, at least to me, yeah. seemingly thoughtful way they handled these things, and I was really worried they would just try to kind of gloss over it or erase it, or or just be horrifically tone deaf, and so. Yeah, it's just great to see Toriyama uh, highlighting this. And I want to also, speaking of highlighting, I want to highlight something Captain J Lineback said in our chat, uh, saying, you say Japan lags behind but the U.S., but but the U.S. is currently doing great at making trans people feel welcome with those laws they're introducing. And absolutely, yeah, as an American, I I am disgusted by the racism and the the anti-LGBTQIA plus sentiments that that are running rampant in our society and all the laws that are the, the you know the writer trying to introduce I'm, I'm not saying that we're america's great at it we're not um i just we were just saying that culturally japan has lagged behind with their representation and and such but certainly i'm not so here sitting sitting here saying oh yeah oh, yeah no is doing great at it. we're not we're not at all yeah, no, we, it, it is not time for a round of back padding over here in the U.S. No, no, uh, no. We, we very one narrowly bit. avoided four more years of that racist fucking Cheeto in the White House. So, you know, I'm <laughs> yeah, I am. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying we're doing great, but I am saying that, uh, you know, thing, things are things are uh, bad in a lot of places. And uh, Japan has has been one of those spots that is kind of known for being a. Uh, conservative with their views in the in the past yeah. and so uh you know i do want to point out when something good happens in a country where honestly i i would not be surprised to hear it being very much the opposite situation um right. and and i do want to point out uh ash you were talking about final fantasy 7 and uh its depiction of uh you know the honeybee inn and wall market and stuff like that and i do think uh, you know, one of the common refrains you hear from folks that are upset about shit like this, uh, that are upset, you know, that changes are being made, 
is that they think things like this are going to just be erased entirely from games, you know? And I, there's value in depicting awful, bad, like, uncomfortable things in games. There's there's absolutely value in those. And I don't think anyone argues that you, you can't have references to things that maybe make people feel uncomfortable, but it's about how you handle those depictions, right? Like, obviously, most people are upset by the idea of mass murder and genocide, and those are common themes in in games, especially in Final Fantasy games. Let's not, you know, without going into spoiler territory, let's not forget what... uh, what Final Fantasy VII's uh, main antagonist goal is, you know? Um, yeah. It, but it's in how you handle it. And I think that, you know, again, I agree with you, Ash. I'm not a member of the LGBTQIA plus community, so I'm not going to try to speak for them. But I do think it was handled, in in my estimation, as someone who has lived a very uh, sheltered life, uh, I, I, I do think it was done in a tasteful way. It didn't, like poke fun at people and go oh look how weird and funny this is oh, we're not like this you know it, it was yeah to me it was it was uh handled pretty damn tastefully and i i personally thought it was one of the highlights of the uh remake for me just seeing right. how wall market was realized how it was a place that you definitely wouldn't want to be walking around at alone at night no matter who you are uh unless maybe you're wielding <laughs> yeah. like a 19 foot sword but uh <laughs> yeah yeah, I, I, I think they did a good job, and I do think that it is it is right for Square to look at the world around them in 2021, or 2020 in the case of this game, and say, it's not 1997 anymore, we should probably update some of this stuff. Uh, and I'm glad that they did. I'm I'm very uh, happy with the direction it's taken so far, and I mean, they've, you know, they've got me sold no matter what on chapter, however many chapters this ends up being, but... right. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's good vibes all around to just think about the fact that you know these companies are coming around and realizing that people don't just come in two shapes and sizes, and that it is worth mm-hmm. it to depict people people of all walks of life and and all, uh, you know, people are people are different, and I'm glad that we have the ability to the visibility to that now because honestly, in in the '90s, I don't remember I I had not even heard of you know trans people or anything like that it was just something that was not occurring to me as as a young teenager and i'm glad that you know we have the ability to know that these people have been marginalized for so long and that they're finally getting some fucking representation that's what matters to me and if you're offended by that go away (laughs) like if it bothers you that people that don't look like you are in games stop playing games (laughs) like we don't want you it's not you're you're not worth our energy. Like, I, I well, and like, if for anybody who may not like you saying that, like, look, I hate to break. Look, I mean, if if that's your if that's your train of thought, if 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 that's where you are, then you're in for a bad time because that's where things are trending. So you either better just get with the program and learn to deal with it, or find a new hobby because you know, you know, we talk about how we. we this is the only instance in when I'll say when when I'll say gatekeeping is good. I don't want you here. Like <laughs> like if you. Yeah. If you are if you are not willing to acknowledge somebody else's uh, right to exist, then I don't want you here. Go away. Right. Perfectly stated. Perfectly yep. stated. And I think on that note, that is a, a great way to wrap up uh, the show today and head right into the weekend. Uh, except we did just get a $5 donation from Luis Benitez with no statement, but uh, thank you yeah. for the donation. And that's even better vibes going into the weekend. We got one last donation. So, uh, yeah, that brings us to the end of episode 107 
of today's news tonight. And thank you all for hanging out with us today and, uh, you know, discussing the news and uh, just spending part of your Friday with us. But as always, of course, before we head out, uh, John, please tell our incredible audience where they can find you on the internet, man. Yeah, sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at GameDadJP. Um, I am the creator and co-host of Super Deluxe Gamescast, a very small gaming podcast. Uh, we focus on uh, positivity and uh, mental well-being and, in- and inclusivity. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, we go live every Thursday night on Twitch at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at twitch.tv slash official SDGC. You can find us on Twitter uh, at official SDGC. And we also have a Discord uh, with over 300 people. Uh, uh, we we like to foster a very diverse, inclusive environment. Um, you know, as long as you are willing to accept, uh, you know, basically everything we just talked about, um, we don't want any bigotry or racism or intolerance uh, in our Discord. You will be swiftly shown the door. Uh, am I allowed, like, I don't want to poach people from your Discord, but am I allowed to, like, drop a link to our Discord here? Yeah, of course. Uh, in of course. chat, if anybody yeah. wants to watch. Okay. Uh, if if you guys, so there's, well, that's a link to a tweet with our Discord. Uh, but but we would love to have you. Um, uh, we're always super active. We have community game nights. Uh, we have community movie nights every two weeks. Um, we have a lot of fun, and I, I really hope to see you guys there. Uh, you're welcome. Come on, awesome. Come on in. Come on in. Well, dude, we're always it's always an honor having you on. Obviously, we yeah. uh, you know all value the same things. We would love to have you back anytime, man. You're an eternal friend of the channel. Absolutely, uh, you know, yeah, we'd love to have you back anytime. And uh, yeah, thanks so much. And uh, of course, we do have links to uh, John's Twitter as well as Super Deluxe Gamecast everywhere in the internet in the description below. So if you didn't catch all that uh, when you were saying it, just head to the description, and we have them all there as well. Uh, but with that said, that brings us to the end of the show, and uh, we do, as always, have to give a huge shout-out, huge thank you to all of our patrons at the producer tier and above to, for helping to make today's news tonight happen, because without your support, it would not be happening. And we love hanging out with you all three times a week, talking about the news, having awesome guests like John on our show, so thank you a million times uh, for helping to make this show happen. But, of course, we also have to give a super special gargantuan shout-out to all of our patrons at the Executive Producer tier and above. And those fine, wonderful, awesome folks include Jared Edinger, Brandon Bovia, Rob X, Etiono Ben, Dan and Twistle, Dennis J, Z Patty, Hyrule Hermit, Sky Blue Flames, Adam O'Sullivan, It's ATM, Octopuppet, Richard Herrera, Michael Phone, Aiko Carroll, the D-Pad, Vesmio, Waffle King, Kitty Kongfax, Angel Martinez, Vedron Hotik, 112, John, Joshua Hunter, Evernight Studio, Benny Yao, Sapphire, Azran127, Pagrima, Kinrule09, Jake Pelka, Geller, Joseph Rutkin, Charlie Bird, Geeky Griffin, Lucky Wonderfish, Kyle, Top Dog 23100, Young Ben Kenobi, Doug Shomix, Andrew Medeiros, Oram M, Brady Power, Sakuragi, Becca, Rocks the Cat, Fizzywig Hoyd, Critmonger, The Legend of Groose, Eddie B, Kai Ed, Kit Fisto, West Egg, Deanith, Kota, Michael McCaw, Matthew Wong, Goron Amber, Straight Lace, Justin Matthews, Hooby, Too Much Spaghetti, Mega Conrad, Askeron 809, Kane, Captain Finlandia, 60 minutes and 60 seconds, 
Christopher Masterson, Spicy Pandotter, The Game Orb, Dano the Artist, Grantles, Ravelox, Synchro Lord, Brainchild, Rosa Pardo Bowling. Hi, Mom. Kotar Peck, <laughs> Scuff196, Skull Kid Tiger, AJB Cool, Blizzica, Jason Uloa, Jaden Buck, Phantom Project, Cystic Warrior 29, Darik, Ray Clausen Jr., Nathan the Voice Actor, Hulkamaniac 55, Bongo Lover, Mumbling Yeti, and last but certainly not least, Cameron Sharp. Thank you all so much for your incredible support of our channel. And uh, if you are if you are interested in supporting us, uh, just a reminder that we are Patreon funded. You can find us over at patreon.com slash gvgaming, where we uh, offer a variety of tiers to, that you can support us at, ranging from $1 a month all the way up to $400 a month if you feel like uh, sponsoring TNT like our amazing Straight Lace did today. Um, but whether you support us on Patreon or you just support us over here on YouTube, we love you all the same. It would mean the world to us if you could drop a like and subscribe, ring the bell to be notified when we upload new content. But we love you all. Thank you so much for supporting us. And we will see you on Monday uh, with Derek back in tow uh, for episode 108 of today's News Tonight. Until then, everybody, have a great weekend. And good night and good vibes. Bye. Bye, everyone. See you later, everyone. <laughs>